Olympics here during the summer, and uh, we were watching a video by Bob Barnes, and he mentioned that when we train our children, we usually train and prepare them for life. But what would it look like if you were raising your children, preparing them to live eternal life? Like, would it change how you would parent if you were parenting them for the skills they would need for all eternity? And I'm like, you know what? I never considered that when I raised my kids. I wished I had been asked that question. Maybe I would have done some things differently. And if, if you're a parent, I'm going to leave you with that question if you've got young kids. I don't have the answers for you, but I'm just leaving you with that question. I think it's a great question to ponder. But this morning, I want to take a look at what does it take to live life from an eternal perspective? And, and if we could live life from an, an eternal perspective, would that change how, what we would do, how we would live life? So Ed preached a message a couple of weeks ago, there was no I in kingdom. And he read this scripture. I would just want to start there and read it again. It was Romans 8, 28. And it says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And any time I would quote this scripture to someone or I'd think about it, here's what I would usually say. And we know God causes everything to work together for the good. And you kind of stop there, don't you? Right, but this second half, and Ed talked about this, it's for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So what is God's purpose for you? What's his purpose for me? His purpose is that we would glorify him. And, and sometimes we will equate our good, and that's all it needs to be, is God, you must answer my prayers always with a yes, because that's obviously for my good, right? But God, in his wisdom, in his infinite mercy, is like, no, I want to see glory come from this. And sometimes it may not be a yes, it may be a no, it may be a wait, but do you trust that it's still good in God's economy? See, sometimes my good is not what I would think, or my good, I think God's good should be the same as mine, but it's not, it's different. So I, I remember a time when I, was, when I was younger that our whole family got saved because of the testimony of my oldest sister. She was in college and she became a Christian and all eight kids and my parents, we all got saved within a year's time. And one year later, she went to pursue what she thought was something religious. She was joining an organization. She became a nun. And later we found out it was a cult. It wasn't, it wasn't a, good, a, a good organization. And she disowned the family. And we're like, okay, God, we're gonna pray that you would just wake up my sister. The scales would fall from her eyes. She'd wake up and understand this is a cult and get out. So we would pray as a family. I remember many times growing up where as a family, we'd fast all weekend long for three days and, and pray. And like it, there was no chores on Saturday. We're in the living room praying most of the day, feeling hungry, you know? And uh, I thought, God, we're praying for a good thing. Why don't you cause all things to work together for the good? And she, she, didn't, she didn't come out. And then a number of years later, when I was 17, my dad died, and we got in contact with her. And we said, would you come home for the funeral? And her response was, dad died to me six years ago. There's no reason for me to come home. And we were devastated by that. You know, I think dad died praying. He died praying for her. God, didn't you answer his prayer? Well, you know what? About 20 years after she went in, God worked a miraculous uh, number of events over a period of years. But I can tell you today, she's out of that cult. She's serving God. She's married. Like, she's fulfilling what God has called her to be. It just took her about 20 to 25 years in, in, in preparation for that. So sometimes we measure things in a time frame that it's not, it's our time frame, but it's not God's time frame. God is eternal. 
and, and we want to see God answer, but do you trust that he will answer and he'll work things together for our good according to his purpose, his glory? So if, if you know me well, you know this summer has been fraught with a number of things that have just, I don't know, it just seems like it's gone from one trouble to another trouble to another trouble. It started off, we're going away on vacation in July, and our f- car is very full. We've got a hitch haul on the back, something you put in the hitch, and we've got our beach chairs and, and buggies and wagons and whatnot for the grandkids, and, and we get in an accident, we total the car, and we wreck everything that was in this hitch haul, you know? So... That was the first one. Then on and on and on. More troubles have come this summer. And, and I got a hold of this scripture right in the middle. It was in my Bible reading. And, and if you know me, I've been, I've been saying this to everyone that has a trouble. I'll say it to the staff, and, and they're probably going to go, no, don't read this scripture again. But it's, it's James 1, 2 through 4. Let me read it for you. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete and needing nothing. Doesn't that sound amazing, being perfect and complete and needing nothing? That's where we all want to go, right? God is, is working in us something eternal. It's just to go through that working out of something eternal sometimes takes trials and testing of our faith. You know, I don't like when troubles come my way. I, I have not found in the midst of the trouble to really find this exceeding joy. I'm looking for it now. I'm, I'm more attentive to it. But honestly, the exceeding joy isn't that I'm going to go, woohoo, my car is totaled. It's Jesus, you're doing something in my heart and my life that's going to last for eternity. And that's what I can get joyful about. Now, I do see the other side at times. We pray and we see God answer our prayers and I'm not at all suggesting that life is just trials, right? We have mountaintops and praise God for mountaintops. But I've learned and maybe you have too that you don't learn as much in God from a mountaintop as you do a valley, right? Valleys is where you grow close to God. Valleys is where you're like crying out to him with tears and anguish. But God is near to the brokenhearted in such a powerful way when you're in the valley. And then God does take us to the mountaintop, but, but there's something about consider it an opportunity for great joy when you have troubles of any kind because God is doing what? He's doing something that's eternal for you. So just this past week, you may know we've had our air conditioning is, in this sanctuary has, has broken probably at 10 times this, this summer, and that's no lie, no exaggeration. And we've just spent almost seven grand getting it fixed and, and doing everything that needed to be done. And we're like, okay, finally, the air conditioning is not going to break again. And, and Thursday, Blake comes to me before worship practice, and he's like, is there a reason why the air conditioning is not working in the sanctuary? I'm like, no, no way. It's just not possible. So I come over here, and the thermostat's dead. We do our troubleshooting, and I call Jason over, and I'm like, Jay, it's an opportunity for great joy. <laughs> and we just both start laughing, you know? And, and sometimes... When, when life comes your way, I think we have a choice. You can cry or you can laugh. And, and I've found it's a lot nicer to laugh when troubles come my way. I mean, yes, there's times that I cry and there's, there's times that are very appropriate to cry, but, but what if we could laugh? What if we could say, God, you're doing something eternal in my life. And God, even though it's not, it doesn't feel good right now, God, I know that this is working something that's gonna last forever and that's beautiful. So I want to ask you for a minute, how do you feel right now? All right, I'm, I'm talking about your faith being tested. I'm talking about, you know, all these troubles being a, an opportunity for great joy. And you may be going, uh, I'm just not feeling it 
I, I, don't, I don't have great joy. I don't think my joys are good. In fact, I wish they'd just go away. How about someone else gets their faith tested and let me just have a mountaintop right now. I'm ready for a mountaintop. Well, I want to say this. Philippians 1.6 says, I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ returns. So our life as a Christian is that God is going to continue to do things in our life. He's going to continue to prepare us. Because you see, when you get to heaven, there's no more rough edges that are going to be sharpened off. When you're in heaven, there's no more tears, there's no more sorrow, there's no more pain. Your only opportunity to get more like Jesus is right now here on this earth. And that's what God is working in us and through us. So, so as we look at where we feel right now, I'm going to give you two choices for, for categories of maybe where you could feel. First is category A. Have you ever felt anxious? Yes. Have you ever felt stressed? Yes. How about worry or fear? Or you felt overwhelmed where all you want to do is cry? Maybe you felt inadequate. You've, timid, you've been intimidated. You've got anger. You've got grief, right? There's a whole host of emotions that I could put in this category of A. So that's one category. Well, how about this? How, how often have you felt love or joy or peace or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? See, they're opposites, these two, A and B. And we kind of go between, you know, the, the second half, that's the fruit of the Spirit. As we get closer to God, we should experience that fruit. It should happen naturally. The apple tree doesn't go, I'm going to grow an apple. No, it just kind of comes out of its life and, and out of the seasons that, that it goes through. It produces apples just naturally. So we should start to sense love, joy, peace. But many of us, we're camped out in anxiety and fear and being overwhelmed and, and all of that. Why? Why is that? See, I believe that God gives us a choice. And, and the choice is something that we can say, God, what do I do with this? So, so this past week, I was talking with my daughter. And she was going through a really hard time and just feeling like, ah, I'm so weirdly anxious and teary. I don't understand it. And, and I was praying into that for her, saying, how do I help her? And, and as I was praying, I felt like God gave me this picture and I want to share it with all of you. So this was the picture. As, I, as I'm praying, I just see this blur. I'm like, God, what does that blur represent? And, and I, you know, as God speaks to you, sometimes it comes, it comes to me through my mind. I, I know he speaks to my heart, but then my, my heart, I, it comes through my mind. And, and I'm looking at this blur, and he's like, imagine you're going 50 miles an hour, and you're the passenger, and you look out, and you look straight down at the ground. What are you going to see? You're going to see a blur. Life is going by super fast. And you know what, if you look at that blur too long, for me, I, I don't like motion, and, and I could get motion sick by just looking out, down at the ground, right? I'd start to feel nauseous, and I, I hate that feeling. But I'd also feel like, ah, it's happening too fast. I'm overwhelmed, I'm anxious, I'm stressed, right? I mean, when life is blurring and it's going by so fast, it's maddening. And God goes, but I'm giving you a choice. You can look straight down when you're driving in the car, or how about you do this? How about you look out? Now, you know what, 50 miles an hour when you're looking out the windshield doesn't look so bad. Like everything is, all the other cars are driving around 50, 60, whatever. And, and yeah, you're seeing the scenery and, and life slows down a lot, doesn't it, when you're looking out the windshield versus you're looking down at the ground? And, and many of us would think, okay, so that's the focus change that I need to have in my life. 
But no, I think there's more. See, life even at 50 can seem like it's fast. When you start to look through the skylight, you know, the, the moonroof of your car, and you look up, doesn't matter how fast you're going, it feels like you're not even moving at all. Like life has slowed way down at that point when you start looking up. And I think God has that for us, right? It, it talks about God gives us a Sabbath rest. It's not just on a Sunday. God gives us a rest that we can enter into. And see, when we look up, I believe we start to get an eternal perspective. God, this is what you want to do in my life. That, yes, I might be going through heartache. Yes, I might be going through, through heartbreak or disappointment or, or struggles or failure or fear. But I know that there's something greater than what I'm going through. God's working on the inside for me, right? God's working out something in me that I only have the 70 or 80 years on this earth for that to happen because once I get to Kevin, there's no more rough edges that are going to be knocked off. What I am or what I am, all the jewels in my crown at that point, that's it. You don't get a chance to earn any more jewels. So what is my choice? What's your choice today? Are we looking straight down at the ground and seeing all of our troubles in such a way you just, you just feel nauseous? You're so anxious. Maybe you're looking out or maybe you can choose to look up and say, God, I want to see your eternal perspective. Give me, give me your perspective. So I want to read one final scripture to you in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 17 and 18. It says, For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. You know, for any of you that have, have lived life to some degree and been through some hardship, you know that God always finds a way to take you through that hardship and now you're looking in the rear view at, at some, some situations and you're like, okay, God was there, he was there, he was there. And then some of us, we're in the middle of a hardship right now and it's so hard to look up. It, it takes faith to look up. But that's what God wants you to choose. He wants you to choose to look up. It's not gonna make it any less painful but you're going to know that the pain and the testing is so that you would have endurance and that, that actually the troubles you're going through in God's economy, they're small. I, I know that can sound like, what? You have no idea what... No, in God's eyes, what we're going through here on earth is small because it's such a small part of what eternity is. That's why it's small. It's not that it doesn't hit you like a ton of bricks, but our choice is this. Where are we going to put our eyes? Where are we going to fix our gaze, right? It, it says here, for our present troubles are small, they won't last. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. That's where I want to go. I, I don't want to be so focused and so consumed with all the troubles I face as a pastor or, or through life with my kids or, or my family. I want to keep my eyes on Jesus that I know for the things I see now will soon be gone, but the things I cannot see are going to be the ones that are going to last forever. God's doing a work in each one of us. So how do we move to this point of fixing our gaze on heaven? $64,000 question. How do I get there, Greg? I, I want to fix my eyes, but right now they're fixed on the ground and life is maddening to me. I think James gave us the clue when he said, consider 
Consider it an opportunity for great joy. When you consider something, if I'm going to consider something, I'm going to think it through. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? What about the other? If I went down this path, that path, the other path, I'm really thinking it through. I'm trying to look at it and walk all the way around the issue and say, God, what, what is the answer here? So, so what if you took your problem and you considered it to the point where you say, God, you know what? I could hold on to this or I could give it to you. That's what I'm inviting you to do this morning. Turn your issues over to Jesus. Put, you know, start to look up. Ah, it's bright. Um, but, but look up towards heaven and say, God, I'm going to trust you right in the middle of what I'm going through. Because, God, I need you. And you know what? His word is clear. He's a very present help in the time of your trouble. He is the God of all comfort. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. His mercies are new for you every morning. Great is his faithfulness. On and on and on his word goes with promises for each of us. But it's our choice. Are you going to hang on to him or are you going to give him to Jesus? Are you going to look down at the ground, look out, or look up? I want us to look up, amen? So what are your present troubles and where are your eyes focused? Right, my challenge to you is, could you kind of step back from all of your issues and just turn your eyes heavenward and say, God, you know what? I'm going to offer my hurt. I'm going to offer my pain. I'm going to offer this faith being tested moment to you because I know you're working something eternal in me, God. And you know what? In that, I'm going to have great joy because thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to live here on this earth forever. God, that you're calling me home. You could be coming back tomorrow. God, I want all that you have for me. God, I'm all in. That's how I think we deal with, with the issues and the hardships of life. So where are our eyes focused? Because when we have them focused on heaven, this is what his word says. Yeah, what we're going through, you know what? It's small. It's not gonna last long in, in the light of eternity. And it's an opportunity for great joy. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? Thank you, Jesus. So I'd like to ask you as, as you have your eyes closed, would you join me? in surrendering whatever it is you have to the Lord, right? I don't know what your troubles are. You've heard a lot about my troubles over the weeks of this summer. But what is your trouble that you're going through? And where are your eyes focused? What does it take for you to say, God, you know what, I'm going to look heavenward on this one. Lord, it may not reduce the pain, but God, I, I need you to get through what I'm going through. God, this is a testing, but God, you're working something eternal in my life, and for that I'm grateful. So if, if you'd like to pray with me, I'm just inviting you, would you raise your hands and let's, let's cast our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us, amen? God, your word says that we don't have to be anxious for anything, but with prayer and supplications, God, we present our request to you and the peace of Christ that passes understanding will be ours. So God, we take these situations that we're dealing with now, God, and, and we look heavenward. Father, we, we, we offer up a sacrifice of praise right in the midst of our trial. God, we offer these things that we're going through to you as praise, God, that you would work in our lives, Father, something eternal. God, not just get us through to another day, not just resolve the finances or, or the situations or whatever it would be, but God, work something eternal in us through this, God. We need you, Jesus. We call out to you today. And Lord, now I pray for, your, for the peace that passes understanding to come and settle on on those that need it. Lord, I thank you for your grace to help in time of need, God. We shower in your grace today, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your mercies. Jesus, we need your mercy. We cry out for it today, God. So, Father, bless your people. 
Give favor to your people, Lord. Be with us in all that we do that we would glorify you. We pray these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, I invite you to come forward for prayer. And thanks and God bless. Have a great day.